Hi everyone, this is Steve Black with Let's Talk Referrals and welcome back to the Let's Talk Referrals podcast. This is episode number three, Toxic Trouble. It's been said that we are the sum total of the five people we spend the most time with. In other words, we are influenced by the personal qualities and attitudes of those who are closest to us. In some sense, we reflect their personalities and this is so important when it comes to networking. Networking needs to be a positive experience for everyone involved and yet sometimes we just find ourselves networking or engaging with the wrong people and do nothing about it. Now at first this may sound a little bit extreme. After all, we're all individuals with the free will to make choices and take actions that we feel are best, right? In general, this is correct. However, it is also a fact that human beings are by nature social consensus builders. This means that we naturally form groups and within those groups we strive to reduce tension and dissent. In order to accomplish this, we have a natural instinct to move towards acceptance. We want to be liked so we tend to make choices based on whether those choices will be approved by the group we belong to. As a result, we can make a decision that feels individualized as if we were exercising free will. However, in reality, that decision was, to some extent, collectivized, as if it were made to conform to behaviors that are acceptable to the group we identi identify with. And this has been termed groupthink. And depending on the group, it can be a problem. Think of a situation that involves mob mentality. Let's say a crowd of people who are fans of the same sports team. And all of these people, for one reason or another, identify themselves as supporters of that team. That means that they find common ground with other supporters of that team. On a personal level, it is likely that people closest to them are also the same team supporters. Now, let's say that a group of friends or fans attended a game where this team is playing. It is a critical game for the team in terms of standing, team rank, perhaps a championship is at stake. And during the game... A referee makes a call that causes the team to lose the game. In the stands, there is anger and disbelief. The group of friends share these emotions. Objects may be thrown on the field in protest. People who throw these objects are arrested by security, and this only makes the crowd angrier. Now, realize the crowd itself is a group comprised of thousands of smaller personal groups. Each smaller group is made up of people individually invested in the team. This means at some level, all the members of all the groups view the referee's call as a personal attack. The members of our group see their indignation and affront and reflect it in the indignation and affront of the other members of their group. Furthermore, as they look around, they see and identify with the indignation and affront that they see occurring in other groups. This bonds those groups to them. A synergistic ripple a consensus runs through the crowd. Every individual sees their emotions reflected back at them a thousandfold. If they were highly offended by the referee's call, they have justification for what they feel. Alternatively, if they were only slightly offended or even agreed with the referee's call, they will be inclined to express their opinion, or less inclined to express their opinion, because it conflicts with the opinion of their personal group, as well as the opinions of all the other groups around them. Now, as a crowd leaves the stadium, our group sees other fans committing acts of vandalism to private property. These fans are surrounded by other groups still who yell encouragement. 
Some people join in the vandalism themselves. Others who normally wouldn't support this kind of behaviour laugh and cheer mainly because laughing and cheering violence has been made acceptable by the actions of the groups. In other words, normally antisocial behaviour has been made social because of the behaviour of the group. Even those who feel strongly repelled by the violence will do nothing to stop it. They will either pretend to go along with the crowd, feebly protesting against what's going on, which will instantly make them suspect to their group and to the group at large, or they will leave the scene. And groupthink of this type is responsible for probably for every war, every act of genocide and every lynching that has ever occurred. It is a real part of human behaviour, and to ignore it or pretend that it doesn't exist is a grave mistake. And instead of ignoring the reality of groupthink, we must acknowledge its existence and take the necessary effects to reduce its negative effects. And one of the ways we can do this is to avoid letting toxic personality types into our inner circle or friends or our networks. Here are a few personality types you should probably avoid. The braggadocious. Someone who is always boasting about their achievements is, to say the least, very annoying. However, their behaviour is simply a mask to cover up a lack of self-esteem. Someone who is always showing off does so because they feel the need to overcompensate for a perceived character flaw. They try to cover up this flaw by diminishing everyone around them. You don't need to be diminished and you certainly don't need this type of person around you. The ignoramus. Now just to be clear, at the outset, what I'm, not, what I'm talking about here is not a lack of intelligence that is out of somebody's control. What I'm talking about is intentional ignorance. We all make mistakes. However, there are some people who seem to make the same mistakes over and over. This is a conscious and self-destructive choice on their part. If they want to hurt themselves, fine. You don't de deserve to be a part of that collateral damage. The bloodsucker. Okay, not literally. We've all been a little short of cash at one time or another. When this happened, we've all probably relied on the generosity of family or friends to keep us going until our finances improved. We've all also probably returned the favour when we were okay and a friend was experiencing money problems of their own. There's absolutely no problem with this behaviour unless it becomes chronic or completely one-sided. If you're acting as an unofficial bank for someone in your circle, then there's a problem. They're imposing on your good nature and you need to stop the blood sucking by kicking this money-taking parasite, money parasite to the curb. And this applies equally to social capital as it does to money. One of the reasons networking works so well is the law of reciprocity. If I do something for you, you'll want to do something for me in return. In B&I, we call this giver's gain. Which means, if there's someone you network with that never makes a return on your investment in them, maybe you should find a new networking partner. The not me. Hey, we all love to kick back and chill at one time or another. Sometimes it just feels great to hang out, play games, watch a movie and let the unproductive good times roll. However, life is all about moderation. In order to justify unproductiveness, you also have to spend time being productive. If you don't, chilling out just turns into laziness. So if there is someone in your circle who never seems to want to help or participate, you need to consider the ramifications of that relationship. If you don't, you may find yourself resenting them, which will definitely sour the relationship. The timid. Everybody has comfort zones, and that's a good thing. 
The comfort zones that we establish tend to keep us alive and in one piece. They're evolution's way of helping us not to become an example of Darwinism in action. However, there are times when we can get a little too comfort in, comfortable in our comfort zones. Instead of protecting us, they restrict us and prevent us from experiencing things that can cause us to grow. So if you have someone in your group who is consistently afraid, afraid of trying new things, not because they are dangerous or foolhardy, but because they are different or the things are different, you may have a problem. That person's unfounded fears are essentially acting as an anchor on your ability to experience life and success. In this, if this is the case, you need to ask yourself if being held down by an anchor is your, in your best interest. The Eeyore. We all know Winnie the Pooh's friend Eeyore. Eeyore is always depressed. Eeyore consistently sees every glass has half full. In fact, Eeyore would probably complain about it being the wrong type of glass as well. Eeyore continually predicts negative outcomes will result from positive actions. He is the pin in the balloon. He's the cloud over the sun. He's the ultimate drag on everyone else's good times and potential success. We all know someone who, to one extent or another, resembles Eeyore. Everyone can go negative once in a while. It happens. This isn't a problem unless it becomes a habit. When you allow negativity to colour everything you do, you're not only ruining your experiencing experience, but you're also ruining the experience of everyone you come in contact with. People who are like Eeyore probably don't even realise what they do is essentially destructive. Their behaviour is so ingrained that they are unaware and that they leave a trail of little miseries in their wake everywhere they go. If you have an Eeyore in your circle, you should consider the cost of that relationship. Your positivity is too important to personal success to allow it to become a continual victim to someone else's habitual negativity. As Dr. Ivan Meisner talks about in his book, uh, Dr. Ivan Meisner is the founder of BNI, and we're literally just celebrating the 30th, 38th anniversary of BNI this month. But as Dr. Ivan Meisner talks about in his book, Who's in Your Room?, it would be a lot easier if we had a mental doorman to stop these people getting in our lives. But sometimes we make mistakes or it's not completely clear at the outset that they have one of these personality types. Sometimes it's family and maybe we're not sure what we can do about it. If you can get these types of people out of your life, out of your network, the quicker you do it, the better you'll feel. In networking, we need to surround ourselves with positive and supportive people so we can all benefit from those strong, long-lasting relationships. Let me know your thoughts. This is Steve Black with Let's Talk Referrals. Thanks for listening.